When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Nico was brought up in the press conference yesterday. How's he doing? How's everything going? It was a little bizarre. What the H brought to you by Zen Sports. I don't know why that question was even asked because at this point, it's it's pretty obvious. Joe Milton's your ride or die quarterback, isn't it, John? Yeah, I think so. Uh, but uh, Josh Heupel told us he's doing great. He's, yeah, he's doing great. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. He hasn't played at all um, in any significant snaps. Um, they said they weren't going to redshirt him, which, of course, they weren't going to do. He's not going to be around till 2028. Um, and I mean, he's not going to be a fifth-year guy. Uh, John, it opens up. Though, and you brought this up when we were talking last night, prepping for the show, and Caleb and I talked about it at our 3.45 a.m. production meeting. Um, Why haven't they played him? Is it just the love for Joe Milton, or is it that he's not performing as well in in practice? I mean, it it opens up uh, Pandora's box of issues. Yeah, it's uh, could be all of the above. Uh, team chemistry. Obviously, the coaching staff is infatuated with Joe Milton. Uh, they see him as a great team leader. He's their quarterback, and they're sticking with him. And I'm not proposing that Tennessee suddenly give Joe um, suddenly give Nico the job. But I one thing we've noticed about uh, Joe Milton, um, he goes into these sort of, for lack of a better term, slumps in the course of a game where he just doesn't play as well. And sometimes uh, those slumps can extend for an entire half. That's why I would, I would consider using Nico, just give the guy a series. Uh, I, 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 this guy won't fall. Uh, just give him a series and see how he does. He would be a change of pace. Uh, teams are certainly honed in on what Joe Milton uh, does best and does worse. So they wouldn't be as prepared for Nico. It's sure. It's a little, it's a gamble, but I think it's also a gamble to stick based on the track record. When uh, Joe Milton goes into one of those tailspins, will he come out of it in time? And so, yeah, I was—I don't see anything wrong with that. I, I don't—I wouldn't worry about team chemistry. I'd be trying to do whatever, anything I could to uh, 
get an offense going that seems stagnant at times in games. Caleb, I think team chemistry was an issue in the offseason. I think they wanted Joe Milton to be the guy, and I think that's been very clear. I was told that he would be the guy no matter what, unless uh, Nico just really, really stumbled. I I'm sorry, unless uh, Joe really, really stumble stumbled or he got hurt. Um, but that that love affair should go away um, once the season begins and you see Joe Milton struggle. And I know we're talking about this with Milton coming off one of his better games of the season, but I think it's still pertinent. I don't think it's pertinent from last weekend at all. And I know people want to use the second half uh, as an idea of him spiraling. I didn't see him spiral. Let's talk about what happened in the second half. Remember, Tennessee scores a touchdown at the end of the first half to go up 20 to 7. How does the second half play out? Alabama scores a touchdown on the, on the first drive. That's not Joe Milton's fault. He wasn't on the field. Their first offensive possession, they're spotted the ball at a at the four-yard line because of the correct call that I've never seen made before, where D. Williams looked like he was waving off the kickoff and then Cam Seldon returned it. So Tennessee spotted the ball at the four. Josh Heupel ran it three straight times. So you can't really put that on Joe Milton at that point. Josh Heupel was just playing for field position in the punt and just gave up on that drive. And so that, that drive's not Milton's fault. Alabama gets a field goal. What happens on the next drive? They're near midfield. Milton would have converted a first down on a pass to Ramel Keaton, but Ramel Keaton had to bobble the pass, which is why he fell short one yard of the first down. And then they, Tennessee got stopped on the fourth and one. Again, that's not Joe Milton. That's his receiver not catching cleanly an easy ball thrown right his way. Then the next drive on a first down screen pass, Tennessee picks up a holding penalty that kills that drive. And so they play again, play it safe and punt. And that's after that is when Alabama takes control. So it wasn't the only, none of those first three drives that Tennessee scored on, they were 0% Joe Milton's fault. Now, then the strip sack came after Alabama was up 27 to 20. Yes, that's Joe Milton's fault. But that's one bad play, one kill drive. But there were three drives before that that literally have nothing to do with Joe Milton not, not being able to score. It was all on so many other random factors that, that, that you can't really put on him. So I can't really say he spiraled in this game. I can say that with the Florida game, but I can't say that with this game. Well, he only passed for 90, about 90 yards in the second half. Um, right, but I he mean, again two drives were taken out of his hands, and they just ran the ball three straight times. And so I don't know if I mean maybe you could say that shows a lack of faith they have in Milton. But there's the again there's the one on the four yard line, and then there's the there's the holding penalty on Jacob Warren. And both of those drives, Heupel just decided to play it safe and punt the ball and just run it three times. Well, the strip the strip sack uh, was disastrous. Uh, I just I, yeah, uh, I, I can't defend what Joe Milton did in that second half because when this is a quarterback oriented game when the, you you're so reliant on your quarterback making plays in a close game and he didn't make them for whatever reason whether it was a play call or whatever but I do think one thing that enters into it I, I think the coaches uh, although ex they espouse so much confidence in in Joe Milton their actions and their play calls don't indicate that they really believe that Joe Milton can get it done in that kind of game. I 100% agree with that. I 100% agree with that even earlier in the season, John, where I felt like this offense was was really pared down uh, because of Joe Milton's shortcomings. I thought you saw that very early in the season. 
Oh yeah. And, and you know, one thing I've noticed to me, uh, noticed to me, uh, I've not <laughs> allowed myself to what? introduce hey, myself. Yeah, I am me. Um, <laughs> I know Joe Milton, it seems to be throwing the ball with more touch now. I, I thought early in the season, I mean, he was throwing the ball way too hard on a lot, on a lot of passes, but maybe I'm imagining that, but it's, it, his touch just seems better uh in, in recent games to me so he's improved in that area and he certainly his his devotion to running the ball against Alabama that was a huge plus for the offense so it's not like I'm uh ripping Joe Milton here I, I thought the first half against Alabama was the best half he's had since he's been at Tennessee when you consider the competition uh but still I think the offense is limited because of what he can do I agree with that. I think that we underestimated Jalen Hyatt's ability to stretch defenses a little bit, but I do think it comes down to uh, Joe Milton's. Uh, I'm not questioning his intelligence. Don't get this wrong, but his quick processing under fire, John, I think is the biggest issue. It just seems like at times he hits that back foot and the ball's not coming out. And that has been a consistent theme throughout the throughout the year yeah uh, and yeah his decision making on the field is is baffling at times those uh, out of bounds those runouts, uh for lack of a better term or or things that really stick with fans because they're so unusual looking not i haven't seen many many players make those kind of decisions in the heat of battle where they just not sure what to do run it throw it run it throw it no I'll just run out of bounds that's no, kind of a question for transport yourself back in time and explore the fascinating and harrowing story of the Titanic's maiden voyage. Now open at Kosai. Don't miss Titanic, the artifact exhibition. This epic exhibit features over 200 authentic artifacts recovered from the ocean floor. Discover poignant passenger and crew accounts and majestic recreated interiors, including the iconic Titanic grand staircase. Tickets for Titanic, the artifact exhibition are on sale. Now book your voyage at Kosai.org. I got a question for both y'all, actually, since y'all were covering this team and I wasn't, obviously. And the Joe Milton runs, which opened up his passing attack, kind of reminds me of, and we, and I know Dave, you talked about that they just moved, got rid of the quarterbacks coach, coaching. It didn't get rid of him, but they, Lane Kiffin started working with him directly. But Jonathan Crompton's renaissance in 2009, I felt a large part of that was by the, in the Georgia game, Lane Kiffin realized that if you have Jonathan Crompton roll out, you send him on rollouts, he's very, very good throwing the ball out of the pocket. And the minute Tennessee started doing more of that, it reset defensive coverages, which is why Crompton had his renaissance down the second half of that season. Do you think that there's a similar type of renaissance that may have happened with Joe Milton in the Alabama game, where it's just him running the ball a few times is going to open up more passing options for him down and, and allow for a very strong finish to this season? That's interesting, Caleb. John, I wouldn't rule that out. I don't know that he's going to suddenly become Joe Montana. But he could have, you know, people would have said the same thing about Jonathan Crompton after the Georgia game in 2009. They would have said, oh, well, you know, uh, what is it? A uh, blind squirrel finds an acorn every once in a while or something like that. But he went on to finish the second half of the season quite well. So, John, I, I wouldn't rule that out, but I'm not, I don't think that's going to be the case. 
Well, my guess is after the Texas A&M game, the coaches told Joe Milton, you've got to run the ball. You can't go out of bounds. You've got to, you've got to go as hard as you can for a first down or whatever. You've got to make an extra effort. I don't see how you could not tell him that. That was, yeah, I know Tennessee won the game, but it was a close game, and, and you just can't have that. When a first down's on the line and, and your quarterback just runs out of bounds, you've got to address that. So maybe they sent a strong message to Joe Milton. This this doesn't get it done. Here's what you've got to do. I don't know about the comparison to Jonathan Crompton. What I remember about Jonathan Crompton, uh, I think it was it was more Lane Kiffin than anybody that that sort of took him under wing. And Lane Kiffin has a great track record with quarterbacks. And he said, "Okay, what does this guy do well and and make this work in the." Uh, in the offense. And, and as you remember, Dave, Tennessee really relied on Monterio Hardesty in that season at running back. He was, mm -hmm. uh, he had a great, great year. And uh, after having so many injuries earlier in his career, he was tremendous, but Jonathan Crompton played so much better. And as I recall, Lane Kiffin simplified what Jonathan Crompton had to do. He had him reading maybe half the field instead of the whole field. And, it certainly worked out well because that, uh, yeah, that was a, a complete transformation of what he had been and what he became. Well, I can, I, I, yeah, it's it's been long enough. I can tell you exactly what happened um, in that situation. I, I, I noticed that Lane Kiffin was spending a lot more time specifically mm -hmm. with the quarterbacks um, and David Reeves, his brother-in-law, was the coach the quarterbacks coach then and i asked lane i said are you spending more time with the quarterbacks it seems like it and uh he said yeah but i don't want that out there because it makes him look bad um so i i can tell you that <laughs> that's exactly yeah. what happened it, it was it was lane kiffin stepping in um so can josh heupel do that with joe milton the remainder of the season late i mean Heupel doesn't have any in-laws on the staff, does he? Well, he didn't take David Reeves to Southern California, which is perhaps what undermined um, the West Coast hostess gate. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, the hostess gate. Does anybody, does everybody on the message board remember that when David Reeves thought it would be a great idea to send a, a couple of uh, fine-looking young ladies to cheer for. I can't even remember the players now in North Carolina and hold up Tennessee signs in the stands as if that was legal. It maybe was North Carolina. It was North Carolina or South Carolina. I think I remember one of the names of the uh, hostesses that went on the road, but I won't bring that up.